Hi, and welcome to the Indie Music Podcast, the podcast for independent musicians and other audio professionals. We're your hosts. I'm Matt Denton, also known as Mojo of Ragged Birds Music. I'm a Bay Area mix engineer and recording artist. And Douglas Reynolds of Resonance Mastering, a mastering engineer in Bloomington, Illinois. Indie Music Podcast now has a Patreon at patreon.com slash indie underscore musiccast. And we invite you to become a member for exclusive benefits. For next to nothing per month, you can get members-only podcast video, early access to upcoming episodes, merch, and more. Welcome to Indie Music Podcast, Episode 301, Season 3 Opener. This morning, Matt and Doug get together and talk about their studios and plans for growth in 2022. Enjoy the show. Hey, Doug. Hey, what's happening? (laughs) I just realized I haven't seen you. In forever. <laughs> like, we uh, we haven't even talked since before the holidays. And, uh, I mean, we've talked on Slack because we're a couple of slackers, but we haven't done a video chat in I don't even know how long. How are you? Oh, I'm doing really good, thanks. I am uh, <laughs> just trying to stay warm. It's really cold here. And, um, I don't know, good morning. Just got up early. I found, like, oh, probably uh, 20 LPs, albums, vinyl what day before yesterday i think oh yeah hey cool i didn't even realize i i had my camera on but i didn't have it on zoom (laughs) and uh well actually i had like this really kind of a stiff neck the other night and i was my wife got me this shiatsu neck massager oh yeah for christmas like a decade ago or something and i was like where's that shiatsu neck massager and so I went down in our storage area and started thumbing through boxes, and I found the box with the shiatsu massager, and it opened it up, and there's like 20 albums that I've been looking for Oh wow! in the same box. So I went upstairs and started <laughs> listening. I had like Triumph and Rush and wow. SRV. Yeah, and- I wondered where that story was going, but um, <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> and so what was the point? Well, you were... <laughs> I don't know you were telling me about listening to vinyl, which is great. Oh, yeah, listening to vinyl. Oh, yeah, this morning. So I was got up, had coffee, listening to vinyl, and uh, yeah, I listened to a bunch of Triumph tonight uh, or this morning on uh, on uh, my turntable, which is underrated a, band. I I think oh, not enough people know or listen to Triumph. Oh yeah, Rick Emmett. He was like guitar hero. You know, he was plastered all over Guitar Player magazine. Yeah, you know, at the time in the late what early nineties, I guess. And yeah, he was, I, I read every, you know, worked on every tab that he posted in there and nice. couldn't get it. Cause it was like too hard, you know, but. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So guys, it's been so long that we've seen each other on video that I'm looking at you from a completely different room configuration. Oh yeah. How is your, how is your studio build going? Oh, it's going good. You're looking at my, which is my sidewall right, right now. Your new, I'm, uh, I'm facing your new panels. Yeah, well, these are old. I built these. Oh, those are the ones you built. Got it. Yep, and they used to be a different color, though. I re-skinned them with uh, black right. fabric. That's right. I can't really show you around because I'm using my uh, eyesight camera on my iMac. So, oh, okay. Uh, I don't know if I can like do like a little bit. Be careful. <laughs> you know, no drastic changes in the middle you know? of the podcast. Yeah. You oh, know. yeah. So th- there's the front of the studio. I really yeah. like those. They look like barcodes. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, those are some new uh, gig acoustic panels. 
And I had been wanting those for a long time and I'm real happy with them. I had uh, this one that's in the middle. I built that. That's a Oh, you did? Quadratic diffuser. Yeah, we never know. talked about that, but I always thought that was cool. You can I've seen those for sale online, like even through Etsy or some places like people make those and you can buy them. Shipping is probably, I mean, because they're solid wood and stuff. I think shipping probably hurts, but yeah, um, they're not that hard to make yourself if you're if you're handy with a saw, right? No, no, not at all. Actually, I've got some videos on my Twitter posted from a wa- long time ago oh. on uh, how to build them. Oh, okay. It was just a short one. And over on my, uh, on my Facebook page, I've got uh, a long comment in there, which goes into material lists and everything and okay. uh, steps to build them. Uh, you know, I am handy and I have all the stuff, but I don't have a place to put one. So I'm going to pass on that, I think, for now. <laughs> well, you don't have a place to put acoustic panel? No, no, my walls are full. Full of acoustic treatments? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't really okay. have a need for a diffuser in this room. Oh, yeah, gotcha. And the diffuser, there's a reason they're expensive. They're a pain in the butt to build. Yeah. You know, each one of the uh, individual blocks that needs to be cut specific links, you know, and you'll end up with, I can't remember how many, but, you know, 20 different very, uh, lengths of, of blocks that repeat. Mm. And then sanding each one and staining each one and gluing each one on. And, you know, I mean, really, like I was... Couldn't be done soon enough with that thing. I'd never want to build another one. Oh, that's good to know. But I'm too. glad I have it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe Etsy is the way to go for that. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, so there's a reason they're that expensive because they're they're not easy to build. And, yeah. uh, but it was one of those things I put in the studio that, you know how when you do something to your studio and you get an immediate audible difference? Oh, yes. Yeah, and you're like, that. oh, my goodness, you know? <laughs> And so that was one of those things that have added that um, that really made a big difference. And the new panels up front, I needed those since I reorient, reoriented my studio. Mm-hmm. I I was getting some reflections off my front wall uh, behind my speakers, and that was uh, so my my speakers are uh, my mains are sealed. They don't have rear ports. Mm. They have what do they call them? Like uh, a base reflex. Yeah, mine are front ported, which is nice, but there's yeah. still sound travels behind them, and that treatment is important. Yeah, but the box itself um, has its own resonance, and I think I was getting some of that off the back wall, and that, yeah. and so these gig acoustic panels, they made a, an immediate audible difference. I was down here with my son, and he and I, I got these up, and we were talking, and it was like, did you hear that? And he's like, Wow. You know, and we're like clapping and yeah. and checking it out, you know, and it just immediately one step closer to anechoic, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's a fun test, the, the clap test. And, um, you know, if you're putting up piece by piece wall treatment, you can't tell from one piece to the next, but you can certainly tell a before and after. Like if you do a clap test before you put anything on the walls and then do a clap test after you get your walls treated, you'd be like, whoa you've played them side by side or whatever yeah it's impressive i like to walk around the room and do that too it may look yeah. funny walking around clapping you know but just to, <laughs> to listen because it's a good test because you can actually you know you, you move to one side of the room and the other and you can listen to the differences and you can get an idea of where your problem spots are that way yeah that's really important especially if you're going to record acoustically like if you're going to record vocals to walk around and do that and find the the sweet spot in your room to do yeah. something like that now, before I put anything in here, before I had any of my panels up or anything, 
I placed my sub in the middle of the room. Oh, yeah. It and my amplifier, and uh, I connected it to my phone, actually, and, and a chair, and this chair with wheels on it. Oh, and, yeah. And I put my, uh, my sub in approximate center this way and where I thought my desk was going to be. Mm-hmm. And I then rolled around the room listening to sub bass <laughs> and how it was to hear. Yeah where it might be building up and then repositioning my subwoofer until I got it right. You know, actually they recommend that your subwoofer is up off the ground. Right. And you have those little spiky. Yeah. But like, I mean, up off the ground. Oh, like really a couple feet. Yeah. Really? Mine is not. Yeah. And, but mine has got the isoacoustic feet underneath of it. I replaced the original one. They're really cool. And one of the nice things is my subwoofer used to skate around the floor a little bit. <laughs> Did it? <laughs> and uh, so in putting on the ISO acoustics, they've got like a, almost a, they've got like a, a poly or uh, not polypropylene, but the, the black mm-hmm. rubber material right, right. that it's almost like a suction cup and the sub doesn't move anywhere. They work really well. So I got four of those feet on the sub. Mm-hmm. And they're rated for 20 pounds a piece or something like that, you know? So it's, and that made a, actually that made a measurable difference when putting those feet on, um, in my acoustic measurements. Because they isolate the sub. Yeah. And, and, and make it so it doesn't transmit direct vibration. Yeah. And so that was really cool too. So, you know, those, those little things, there's lots of little things like that. I've got spike feet setting on concrete. Right plinths that uh, my main set on yeah i always thought that was impressive i couldn't really tell that. you how that was before or after because i went from uh stand speakers mm-hmm. you know for monitors you know to the floor standing speakers but right. uh and i went directly onto these blocks because i knew i was going to need them so and i just they're pretty cool i i actually just got uh some really nice looking concrete landscape blocks and they're about two inches thick probably 16 inches by 16 inches. Yeah. I'm sitting on a few of those. They're holding up the the front of the shred. (laughs) Oh yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Keeping it from sinking too deep into the the lawn when it gets wet out. And I put, I just put felt pads underneath uh, and then set them on the floor and then set up my speakers on top of those. So yeah, the shred, man, Uh, you got any plans uh, for the shred coming into this year? um, I don't. My, my most recent thing was um, upgrading my chair, which I did uh, at the end of the year. I was uh, I was over at Staples and uh, they just had this nice gaming chair outside out front. Oh, right. when I was when I was thinking about upgrading the chair anyway, because the one that I had um, was a is a decent office chair. I think I got it at Costco. Uh, we have a couple of them and um, it's fine for a couple hours at a time, but not for a six hour sitting session. It may start making my back hurt and stuff. And so I was thinking of upgrading. But of course, as we discussed, um, one of the deal breakers beyond just comfort is the um the arms have to lift up because you know track guitar here yeah if the arms don't lift up that's it's out so i mean even some of the the most like the the herman miller and i mean i was looking for at decent chairs but so many of them the arms don't lift up anyway so i sat in this chair no the the air on the air on the the arms don't tilt really yeah i see them come up used for you know like for 450 every once in a while i was like ready to 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 pull the trigger on one of those and i was like wait a minute i can't if i can't track guitar it's just i, I don't care if it's the best chair in the world yeah. um and so i sat and i was like hmm, 
this is uh this could work <laughs> yeah. and uh yeah i thought about it for a couple days and went back and because it was on sale uh in december and uh so yeah i, I upgraded my chair and that was really the last piece the next thing i think is going to be a better boom arm so i could have a you know have a, a, a heavier mic like the samson that we talked about last week yeah um it don't would touch not, the boom arm it will not it would not work on this this kind of light duty boom arm but um the sound in here is good i don't really have any more upgrades planned my big my big plans for 2022 are not necessarily studio related they're more about just um process improvement and uh you know keeping uh keeping the the business going keeping it going better you know Right on. Yeah. I don't, I mean, I guess that's, that's my goal too, is, is just always looking for something to improve, but, you know, building the business, uh, it's, that's a fundamental, I think. And, and just to continue to have good positive growth. Yep. And, um, but really, you know, I, I just been doing a lot of, um, internalizing of, of really what it's all about. And, Mm -hmm really it's just to be able to 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 work with artists to work with music you know and you know those cyclical times when things get slow i really miss the music yeah yeah but uh you know other than that i think that there's a couple hardware goals for 2022 for me mm-hmm. um there's additional uh, room acoustics goals and uh oh, still? I, a, yeah, I thought I w- that you oh you're going to do clouds right i want to do some clouds above yeah, me yeah yeah and it's not bad because I've got uh, it, well, carpet does okay, but it doesn't do great um, mm. as far as you know. There's high frequencies and, and stuff just like can move right through it. Um, but I've got a good pad underneath this carpet too, and uh, where I'm sitting, so it does help quite a bit. And I do have clouds over to the side of me here where my I just left them up. That's where my desk used to be. Oh, and okay. I was like, well, I just I leave those you had there those before. Yeah, because they they serve a purpose. I actually should add a couple more. And then probably, probably three or four more in this area above me. Mm-hmm. So maybe that this year, but I do you buy those or you make those yourself. I made these myself. The next time I do it, I'm going to buy them. So. <laughs> That's another pain in the ass project or what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's a, seriously, it's, um, it, you know, I'm all for saving money anywhere you can, but man, the, the time investment. Uh, so yeah. The, time is money. It's yeah. Like you got to do that trade off. But this desk is gonna is going to go this year if I if I have my way. Oh, and so I, I haven't decided on which desk, but it's going to be a, a mastering console desk nice. uh, w- with racks, you know, a couple racks. Hopefully, you know, somewhere around uh, twenty to twenty four rack space somewhere oh, wow. in that neighborhood. And uh, yeah, I'm I'm filling up um, I'm filling up twelve right now. Okay. I didn't and, realize you had that much uh, analog equipment so far. Yeah. Yeah. Between uh, mic pre's and, and channel strips and, you know, and then EQs and. You're doing the, the 19 inch rack mount mic pre is not the, not the little lunchbox ones. No, I'm doing the, the 19 inch. I, I, I keep, it would be nice if I already had the 500 series box. Yeah. For next purchases, you know, because, but. The outlay for the 500 series box, well, there's there's a grand, you know, mm. and uh, or more. One of the important things people don't maybe not necessarily think about in 500 series is that box is your power supply. Oh. Okay. And if you don't have a good power supply, 
and you're using a lot of 500 series modules in that rack, then you can short supply power to to your chain. Oh, that's interesting. I'd never heard that before, but that yeah. makes sense. So, so there you could really have some limitations depending on how much power and how the power is distributed. If it's isolated, independent power yeah. for each module, or if that power is shared, and you know, and how that works. And that's why the the more expensive um, 500 series rack boxes are are the costs that they are and the cheaper ones um, okay. uh, usually have uh, less in power supply. And actually, uh, Warren went over this a little bit in one of his videos, I think, which is where I got introduced to that idea of it. Yeah. And, but if you're only going to use some really low, you know, it just just have a look at your 500 series modules mm-hmm. and what their power consumption is and take that into consideration when uh deciding on what box you want to get to put them in interesting so i i mean i don't have i don't really don't have any experience but i assume you get like a a 19 inch rack mount box yeah to put each one of these little lunchbox modules into and that's yeah and there's a there's an interface slot in the back and and that's and that's standard all 500 series fit into that same interface so they slide in like a pc card or pc card you know that's kind of how i pictured it yeah and uh, and then just bolt on. So really, that's that's basically what they are. And I kind of actually, I wonder if it is a like a PCI configuration. You know, if it's the same. Yeah, maybe. Type With of just, uh, just some slot. knobs on the front and some yeah. LEDs. But uh, yeah, it'd be really neat. But the the cost of getting into the 500 series box is why I haven't gotten into 500 series because I already have the rack and and uh, yeah and the stuff that I'm looking for. There are a few. The West Audio stuff, oh man, I would really love to get into the West Audio stuff and their 500 series is sweet. <laughs> but uh, I've got different plans, so you know we'll see how this year goes. <laughs> yeah, let's make sure, we've talked about this before, make sure that when you're, when you're looking at purchasing, you're looking at purchasing, purchasing to solve a problem, not just because but it's they're so really cool. good looking, it's man. so cool, and the interview is <laughs> so good, and it just, it would look so sweet in my rack. Yeah, and and all the the all the YouTubers are man. Oh yes, the YouTubers. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't. I don't have any plans to. I mean, I'm <laughs> I'm running on a minimal power draw as it is. I don't have any plans yeah. to add any add any analog equipment beyond the 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 guitar amps that I have in this room. <laughs> you know, I I don't know where. It, for me, it all began with. Listening to my uh, my brother play albums on his stereo, sure. Uh, when I was just uh, not even a teenager yet, and he had lights flashing, you know, on a with, oh, a, yeah, with a graphic yeah. EQ and lights and, and I, all and I the too old fell receiver and the knobs the, and the graphic EQ and, and the modular stereo. <laughs> it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. You know, and then, yeah, then, you know, all the knobs and buttons and everything. Um, that's, I don't know, who didn't get into that? At, you know, if you grew up, you know, in that time, I'm talking in the, um, you know, in, in the 70s, you know? <laughs> yeah, totally, and, totally. You know, when that stuff was, you know, I mean, stereo itself was only mainstream for less than two decades at that point, you know? and uh, That's true. You know, so this stuff was just really neat. It was new, and and uh, by that those days standards, it was very expensive. You know, mm. and 
Um, and I, I did. I just fell in love with that stuff. And I think that that nostalgia makes me love this type of hardware. Yeah, well. I can totally see that. You know, and it, totally it's it's the interaction and the feel, the the and the sound, and uh, you know because. It takes some time, but there is a difference in, in the sound and the analog and digital domains, and both have their their um, their place. They're you know they're they're really both domains are are great places to be, but they're they're different. And I think just like any other tools, having um, having tools for different purposes, you know, makes sense. And and if it feeds into you know your your love of this stuff, then you know, that's a bonus, but yeah, no, it's not a bad thing. Anything that helps you, you know, move your, your, your passion forward, I think. Yeah. And, and enhances it. I've got some awesome plugins and they, they, they're on almost every track that I, uh, that I do, you know, and yeah. they, cause they work great. They sound really good or they don't sound at all, you know, uh, because right. they're, they're transparent, <laughs> which is important yeah. to me. And, uh, cause I want to have that option. It's like on my compressor, I've got a, uh, I can engage some transformers if I want to, you know, and I can add some, that transformer saturation as needed, or I can not. Um, yeah. It's, it's kind of like that with, you know, and there's some good saturation plugins as well. That, and I've used the heck out of those, um, you know, and tape and things like that. Um, but it doesn't reduce my desire to get a tape machine in this studio. And... <laughs> Which is is definitely a plan. I'd really like to do that. Is it? Yeah. Um, well, uh, on a business level, I'd like to be able to accept tapes. Oh, that makes sense. That makes sense. And I'd also like to be able to to go to tape. But then the neat thing about it is, is that in a single pass, you can go to tape and come back in in a loop. You know, and uh, in your in your mix down. Yeah. And uh, and get the tape quality. Without necessarily the intention of using the tape, you know, which is kind of like you're uh, be using your tape plugins, right, right? But you'd have that option as well. Yeah, I like that. I've been very happy with the Slate uh, virtual tape machine. I bet. I'm pretty much using that exclusively over the ones that I used to use. Um, it it's 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 kind of like a transparent width and warmth. It's really it's not one of those that's so obvious, but it's like one of those that's obvious when you take it off. Yeah, it's kind of like that. Um, and it's, it's, yeah, yeah. I like that one a lot, but, um, yeah, it's, it's really, it's really been an interesting journey watching your studio evolve over the last couple of years that we've been doing this and, um, also watching your kind of commitment to your craft, um, kind of blossom. It's been neat. Really? Yeah. You probably, <laughs> because yeah. you're in it, you probably didn't know this, but <laughs> I've been paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god i think i got doug stumped for words is that I have, possible i have i have an admirer is that possible <laughs> he's, he's 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 speechless what are you saying and do i speak too much <laughs> so how's the weather there <laughs> yeah oh i was i didn't realize it but i was born to podcast that's that's yeah, I can see that. <laughs> I, and I, I understand why my wife is like, can you just please be quiet? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. just give me five minutes of quiet. <laughs> just five. <minutes. laughs> 
Do you walk around the house? I going, work alone, man. <laughs> walk or follow your wife around. Going, oh, honey, you got to see this ad for this compressor that I just oh, found in the Tape Op magazine. It looks really cool. It's a well, 500 it, series, but I was thinking of that, getting. But I, but I go from topic to topic to topic that are completely unrelated, and I'm just you know bouncing on the. It's like, honey, why are you walking so fast? I'm just trying to tell you this thing. <laughs> Oh, that's classic. <laughs> I'm picturing it now. <laughs> uh, um, I I really like that like that mic mount that you have for your shotgun mic. Um, oh yeah, what it's are just they, so kind it's of a, stylish and cool. Uh, now I can't remember. Lyra, don't touch it. <laughs> I should be able to touch it, and you not hear anything. Yeah, I don't hear anything. Yeah, when I touch mine, you like can let me hear here. Let me tap my. Uh, is that because it's a shotgun? No, that's because of the shock mount. Oh, interesting. So, and I oh, can't yeah, my, I do not have a shock mount on my mic. It's just a straight, straight arm and and mount. Yeah, not an expense. I mean, I can't remember. Maybe like twenty five, twenty six dollars, maybe for this mount. Maybe it was mm-hmm. more. I can't remember, but um, not much more than thirty. If it was, uh, really great mount. It's. I mean, it articulates. Um, as well as it's a really good isolation and these individual, the, what they're called escapes me, you know, it's not bands. It's actually, it's a solid flexible material. Right. Right. And the way that it's like a spring almost like a stylized spring, but it's very clearly made for that specific type of microphone. That shotgun. Yeah. This one was definitely for a shotgun. They make the same type of mics. And I actually, on my, um, on my old road microphone, it came with the same type of, uh, of uh mount configuration mm. as this in a in a condenser large diaphragm condenser oh, okay. package so which it sits you know in a cradle kind of yeah or a nest yeah that that cradle is the kind that i'm used to seeing yeah um i don't even know how you would do a shock mount for this uh for this lewitt because the clamp clamps right onto the bottom of it now that uh samson we were using actually has internal shock mounts on the uh built in on the microphone capsule yeah you see this yep and um yeah yeah this one it's on a, it's on a swivel and it has a built-in you know stand kind of that goes onto this and so that's it's got that meant to kind, go on kind a of yoke. Arm, basically yeah and that's how i mounted it on mine so yeah and so I didn't, I don't have a sturdy boom arm. So I had this sitting in front of me and it was just picking up too much hand and room noise. So, yeah. And the nice thing about coming from, cause mine's mounted on the ceiling and, right. uh, and so I've got, I can do all this all day long, you know? And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got to be careful cause I keep my mic like right here and talk over it. And, uh, um, I got to remember when, if we're on video and I'm like thinking that. <laughs> People are going to know when I go, I'm doing this all day long. And yeah, that's you know, true. <laughs> I was waving my hands around my microphone. And- yeah, I guess I should have pointed out what I was doing there. No, I, um, when I'm, when I'm doing voiceover, I, I, I do it much better if I talk with my hands, which I don't normally do, but if I'm doing a voiceover recording, I do do that. And I have to be really careful to stay in the moment, but not <laughs> hit the microphone, which is right in front of <laughs> I know I look like I'm conjuring. Something. I could see you just like taking your microphone out, you know, with a right <laughs> hook. And <laughs> yeah, it's really easy to bump it when it's weird. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to getting a different arm. 
I'd really like to talk about soon, not in this episode, but I'd like to talk about voiceover some. Oh, yeah. Yeah, maybe maybe next time. And uh, Yeah, that would be a, a good topic. Not that I'm a voiceover. I don't really do it. I I, I have done it. And, yeah. But I'm, I'm, I don't consider my voice a voiceover talent voice, you know? <laughs> and But I think the whole craft of it is cool and everything around it and the isolation mm-hmm. booths and all the considerations for your your room acoustics and things like that and right. and and soundproofing over and you know over and above acoustic treatments yeah uh and how important that is in voiceover and 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 you i know in the in the shredding things there's some challenges with soundproofing occasionally um, yes and I, you know, certain times a day i just can't do it <laughs> yeah yeah so yeah there's those challenge i think uh listeners would be interested in hearing about that so we should talk about it. But but for the stuff I do, it doesn't take long enough for me to for it to be a real concern. If I was recording audiobooks or something where you're basically reading chapter after chapter, yeah. it would be more of a challenge for me. Sure. Well, but yeah, that's a good future topic. Appreciate. I that. think it's a pretty good uh, first episode. So I th- yeah, so kicking off season three, very exciting. Yeah, so this is episode three hundred one, and for our, our listeners, that means season three, episode one. Right. And. Uh, <laughs> Not necessarily episode 301, although it's, <laughs> although it may feel like that. Yeah. <laughs> it may feel like you've had to sit through 300 episodes going, oh my God, these yeah. guys never shut up. And again, as I mentioned in the intro, we have a Patreon and the video of this episode will be uh, for members only in the Patreon and along with uh, early access to uh, this episode and future episodes. Um, uh, usually it looks like it'll be about, uh, five or six days, uh, advance access to the upcoming episodes. And, uh, then Matt and I be available for any, uh, any Q and A or just, you know, whatever, uh, uh, chat. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. So, and it's Direct super cheap. contact with listeners would be great. Yep. It's super cheap. It's just designed to help us defray some expenses. And if you're interested in helping out the podcast, we would appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be a fun year be a fun season yeah all right everybody thanks so much for listening thanks everybody we really appreciate you and uh yeah check out our past episodes and uh come back next week for another one all right cheers everybody thanks have a great week well that wraps up another episode of the indie music podcast please like and subscribe share with your friends or just leave us a review on itunes if you like what you've heard Find our social links and episode guide at IndieMusicCast.com. Until next time, keep creating.